Welcome to Attachment Theory in Action, a weekly podcast presented by the Knowledge Center at Chaddock. Our podcast is dedicated to therapists, social workers, counselors, and psychologists working with clients from an attachment-based perspective. Join host Karen Doyle-Buckwalter for an insightful, informative, and inspiring conversation with leading attachment theory researchers and clinicians in the field. Today, Karen concludes her two-part discussion with Dr. Janet Courtney on infant mental health and Dr. Courtney's first play therapy model. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Attachment Theory in Action podcast. I am your host, Karen Doyle-Buckwalter, joining you from here at Chaddock. I'm excited to share an introduction of my guest today, who is Dr. Janet Courtney. Dr. Courtney is a PhD and an LCSW and founder of First Play Therapy, which is an infant mental health and developmental play therapy model. Uh, She is also the director of the Developmental Play and Attachment Therapies Incorporated and a registered play therapist and play therapist supervisor. She's a TEDx speaker. She's been the chair of the Association for Play Therapy Ethics and Practice Committee and past president of the Florida Association for Play Therapy, as well as the former chair of the Viola Brody Award Committee. She has authored and co-authored a number of articles and various books. I'm going to name a few of those, but we will also talk with her about them when she hops on for the podcast here in a few minutes. But she's the author and co-editor of Touch in Child Counseling and Play Therapy, an Ethical and Clinical Guide, Um, and her research into practitioner experiences of training in touch and developmental play therapy has been published in the American Journal of Art Therapy and the International Journal of Play Therapy. As I said, she has contributed many book chapters, including looking at first play and and developmental play as it relates to autism and various other diagnoses. She has spoken all over the world. Um, Here, of course, in the United States, as well as Cayman Islands, England, Ireland, Morocco, Russia, and the Ukraine. So I am so looking forward to talking with um, Janet Courtney today. Uh, Dr. Courtney specializes in infant mental health and infant play therapy, attachment, and trauma-related issues. So she's certainly a good fit for us here at the Attachment Theory in Action podcast. So we will be right up with her interview. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Attachment Theory in Action podcast. And I am here with Dr. Janet Courtney, and we're talking about first play and also about touch in the course of child therapy and some of the wonderful work that she's done in both of these areas. So um, good to be continuing this discussion with you, Dr. Courtney. Oh, well, thank you so much for the invitation. I'm really, really enjoying this. And you're a wonderful interviewer, I have to say. (laughs) Well, thank you. So a couple of things as you were sharing last time that that stood out to me when you you were talking about adapting filial therapy. and, and, And by that, you mean because that kind of almost teaches the parent to be the therapist for the child. They're, in essence, doing 
non-directive or child-centered play therapy or modeling that. So are you saying when you say you adapted filial, you're saying that because you are going to have the parents taking the lead in what you're doing? Right, that we empower the parents mm -hmm. to then provide that, you know, good caring touch through the storytelling. So basically, we're, I like what I kind of borrowed from um, filial play therapy is the idea that parents can be the change agent yes. and that we're focusing on the resilience of the parents and focusing, you know, and bringing that forth and not so much the pathology mm -hmm. uh, coming out of it. So it's, um, you know, I have an example that's coming to mind at, at this moment, if I could share that. Yes. Um, and this is a, it's a case example that's in the, um, the touch and child counseling and play therapy book an ethical and clinical guide. And I have a chapter in there on first play. Yes. Um, and the, the case study in there um, was, you know, it's a very sad story of, about a, but it had a positive at, uh, outcome, but about a mother who had abused her infant at one month of age. Mm -hmm. And so the, the infant was removed from the mother and placed in immediately placed in the foster home. And then a, a couple of months later, the infant was placed back into the home of the um, maternal grandmother. Mm -hmm. And as often the cases are, the mother then moved back in with her mother, the grandmother mm -hmm. of the baby, under supervised visitation. And so what happened is the practitioner that was working with this mother had been trained in um, first place. So she was a certified first play practitioner. And she was um, tasked to go into the home and work with this mother. Um, and so what did she decide to do is she was going to teach this mom how to provide good caring touch to her infant. Because, you know, what do you do at that moment, you know, with a parent who has um, abused their, their infant? I mean, you say, well, don't hit your baby, you know, so but how do we teach them to be with their baby? She's going to be with her baby anyway. So she went in and she taught her the first play model through the manualized model of how to ask, first ask permission from her baby to touch. And not only is she teaching her how to ask permission, she's teaching the mom for the first time how to read the cues of her baby for the for infant readiness for touch. So how do we know when your baby mom is ready for touch? So you ask for permission. And then how do you, what do you read? How do you know the baby's ready for touch and when she's not ready for touch? So it's just the first step. We're pulling from this mom and saying, you can do this. I'm empowering you to do this. I'm not going to, you know, um, you know, put you down for being a bad mom for, you know, abusing your baby. Now you're giving a second chance. Let me teach you how to do this. So then after we do that, um, when we teach parents how to provide a calm and relaxed, because what we know about touch and, you know, the release of the oxytocin is that the first thing is that if the parent is anxious and they're touching that child, that 
it's the mirror neurons. The child's going to feel it because the parent's anxious. So we, we teach the parent a little mindfulness, how to calm and relax and connect prior to giving that touch to their, to their child. So we're modeling, like, this is what I mean, kind of like a, on a feel, adapted feeling of play ther- therapy model. We're modeling how to provide that touch on a baby doll. And while the mother is, sim- or, or parent, father, it could be, you know, or the grandparent, whoever it is, while they're sim- simultaneously providing that good caring touch to their baby. So this is what this practitioner did with this mom. And so basically, she's guiding her to and watching and being attuned so any time that the mother's touching the child and maybe the child responds in a certain way practitioners say what do you think she's trying to tell us right now what do you think she's saying to us having that mom really think and be more conscious about how to be with her baby so this is what you know i'm I'm trying to give you an example i don't know if i'm 100 percent answering your question but how we you know then supervise we monitor and we guide just kind of like we do, like is done in a, a filial play therapy model, but it's not client-centered play therapy in any way. Although we do tell the parent, look, that ba- we, the baby is the boss. The baby is in the driver's seat. We are going to follow the lead of that infant for what the, what the infant is wanting right now. And if they're needing a baby break, then we're going to take a baby break. So we have the parent, you know, um, you know, kind of respect that the the baby needs to be respected. So would it be correct to say that you're um, one, two things that you're trying to do are to teach mentalization and maternal sensitivity, if we're going to pull from the attachment literature terms? Yes, absolutely. 100%. Mm -hmm. Yes. So, you know, I can't help but since I'm a TheraPlay therapist and TheraPlay trainer, I can't help uh-huh. but being like simultaneously listening to you and comparing <laughs> and contrasting in my mind. Um, you know, one of the criticisms of TheraPlay, um, particularly by those trained in child parent psychotherapy, which I'm also trained in, is that we take so much of a lead of touching children ourselves in the beginning of treatment. And child parent psychotherapy would not endorse doing that. That would sort of be seen as usurping the role of the parent. Um, and it sounds like, you know, you're saying we demonstrate on a, a baby doll instead of um, the actual child or teaching the parent to do that. One of the things I've seen in TheraPlay, so I'd be interested in about this, um, because this has also come up in, in parent-child interaction therapy, too, when I have people, because <laughs> they're much more, you tell the parent what to do. There's something very um transformative about the parent seeing a different way of interacting with the child, like completely separate from what they're doing, almost like opening up. I think this was especially with older children. I'm trying to think how I think about it with babies, but um, because I have all this stuff in my mind about infant massage and no one touching but the caretaker, you know, so I'm like, my my brain like wrestling with itself. But there is something like about somebody seeing this like very here before, here to now unknown way of viewing and interacting with the child, just sitting back and watching that, that's incredibly powerful. 
Um, and, and, and so I don't know. Um, I, I'm thinking you would say there's an equal argument about why not to do that. Uh-huh. So, so you're asking me, I just want to make sure I understand clearly what you're asking. That's so a very we- roundabout question. <laughs> more, more thinking out loud and trying to sort through this. <laughs> so I, I want to make sure that I'm answering correctly. So are you saying that, that it is powerful, that if a parent is kind of in the room and they're watching, say, a practitioner interact with their child? Yes. And, and, and doing like, a, you know, a developmental game with their yes. child? Yes. I, I, I mean, I'm all for that because that's how I was trained. I was trained to, to do that when developmental yes. play therapy. And as we know, developmental play and therapy play um, have, you know, the roots are, yes. are you know, are are solid. I mean, they have the same roots. And they also, so I've heard um, one practitioner, I know, I can't remember his name right now, uh, said that TheraPlay and and developmental play have, um, are close cousins to Mm. each other. So I understand what you're saying. And and I do think there's, there's a gift to that. There's validity in that and a parent watching that. And so, um, you know, I only, just because of the concerns for me, you know, it's just like, I finally got, I don't want to say fed up, but I kind of, you know, when I was teaching developmental play, I finally said, you know what, I'm, it is a concern. And, and there was a lot of people asking that question to me. So I just said, well, let me just go ahead and we're going to develop a model. And I do, will say for the older children, we model and guide like the motions for the storytelling on the back of like a large stuffed animal. Mm-hmm. So we might have a big teddy bear. And then so we're demonstrating the techniques on the teddy bear while we also are doing it, um, you know, the parents doing it with their child doing a backstory. But mm-hmm. we also meet with the parent ahead of time. We're, we're kind of working with that parent first. Mm-hmm. And so maybe in a session, if there's like a parent, like a, say a husband and wife come, I have the husband and wife do these developmental games together. Okay. And, and, it, and that can create such a beautiful intimacy intimacy but you know so there's different goals in that I'm wanting them to feel the touch and I'm wanting them to kind of know ahead of time what I'm going to be asking of them to do in a Mm -hmm. like a a first play kinesthetic storytelling session this is again the model for the older children I've kind of spoken for the model for the younger children which is manualized yes Um, and in the older children we develop stories for children and then we guide them in kind of short versions in the office because some of the stories like my you know the the magic rainbow hug story is you know it's a lot longer you know parents can do this at home but we're in the office with them it's we don't have time to to do the whole story Mm -hmm. Um, but anyway so I think if when I get the parents opportunity now if we're in the office together I use my clinical judgment and then maybe with the parent I might say okay so this is part of the story I'm going to go over with you here are the motions and if they say if for example they don't have uh, you know another person and you know that could come with them to the session um, maybe I'll do some of that with that parent that was maybe my next question so maybe I will you know take their arm and say is it okay if I demonstrate with you when I'm asking you and so again I'm using my clinical judgment to do that and I have to say would I feel comfortable with the male 
doing that, maybe I would not feel comfortable with a father. Maybe if I feel comfortable with a female. So that's what I mean by using your clinical judgment to decide to touch or not to touch. And this, of course, goes back to my book and looking at it from all different you know points yes. of view. Yes. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you, you answered a question that was on the tip of my tongue because <laughs> in TheraPlay, we do a TheraPlay session with the parent. Oh, good. I didn't know that. First. Perfect. Yeah. And, and it, it's, yeah. A, it's a fairly recent addition. I mean, I would say in the last 10 years or, or, or less, okay. we added that. Oh, um, okay. Because it's really important to know how the parent is going to respond to these kind of interactions. And I guess something else I'm wondering about as you're talking is, you know, the idea of when, if, if you yourself do not hold any internal representations from your own childhood of soothing touch, um, perhaps you are more avoidant or, or had um, a dismissing type of parent where there's a suppression of attachment needs, suppression of attachment, or conversely, if you're very activated um, or there's some trauma trigger about touch. I'm exactly. just wondering how you guys handle that mm-hmm. because it seems like such a leap to go from watching you do it on a baby doll to then doing it on their child. Mm-hmm. Right. So th- this, you bring up a really, really important point is that we have to understand, and this is done in the initial interviews. Mm-hmm. And, and by the way, what I'm, when I talk about quote, this model of first yes. play kinesthetic storytelling and in first play infant play therapy it's not necessarily a standalone model it's it's adjunctive so it's something that can be used in addition to all the other wonderful things that you are using Mm. with children so I didn't create it for something that is necessarily a a standalone I I wanted to make make people understand that but you absolutely do you have to understand the parents own or the caregiver whoever you're working with their own experiences of touch. And this goes back to my research from my dissertation. Yes. And I, I do have um, a couple of articles, uh, or journal articles that I was able to publish about that. But one of them is in the um, International Journal of Play Therapy. And it was looking at, you know, pr- practitioners' experiences of touch um, related to um, experiential exercises that they were uh, exposed to during a developmental play therapy training. So I looked at pre-post um, experiences, and then I also had them do drawings based upon this, looking at, you know, pre-post, you know, draw a picture of a child therapist before the training and draw it after. And then also I had them journal their experiences to touch. And <clears throat> what came out of that research, and these are adults, you know, practitioners, um, is that there was a lot of potential counter-transference that can emerge. So it's, you know, that's relevant for the practitioner, but it also relates to, you know, so the practitioners have to clear their own experiences of touch, number one, but we have to clear that and understand that for ourselves. 
because we're going to be working with parents, and this goes back to your question, that have issues related to touch, and we need to understand those. So it, it's kind of like a, a step process. You know, we need to understand the, the, the parents' experiences of touch. We need to understand the parents' experiences of first play activities. What what do they recall or what did they remember with, that they received when they were a child? And again, this goes back to the resiliency model, focusing on the kind of pulling out the inner strengths, you know, because if, you know, if they recall a positive experience as a child in, you know, we reach for that as much as we can because we understand that some parents, people don't, they don't experience that, but they can experience that in the now and we can work with them with that. And then, you know, and I have done that with, with parents <clears throat> and, you know, because they didn't have that experience and it's challenging. It's not easy. And it's, and it's allowing myself to be comfortable with my own sense of play, my own sense of comfort with my own myself and, you know, kind of energetically sending that to the parent that I'm working with. So there is a process of working with that parent, but sometimes we can do it in the moment, especially again with that mother that had worked with the, the, the case example of the mother that had abused the infant. Well, yeah. she had bad experiences. You know, she had traumatic experiences as a child where she did not receive good experiences of touch. But she could be, you know, we can use her and empower her as change agent to teach her how to be a, a good mom to respectfully read the cues, be sensitive to the, her infant. And um, then, you know, of course, the, the practitioner that worked with her um, taught you know, worked with her, touching her, you know, giving her experiences. Can I show you on you how the technique of providing this, you know, to the leg, this touch to the leg. And of course, it's done through a story. It's done through storytelling. So this therapeutic story for the infants is called um, the baby tree hug. Oh. So, so it's again going back to storytelling and teaching parents how to be storytellers too. So it's like so many different angles coming in from so many different perspectives of, you know, teaching them how, especially for the babies, giving them eye contact if they can, you know, how to find them, how to provide good caring touch and also teaching them, look, a little bit goes a long way. If you can't provide the whole story to the child, you know, when you go home, just do the baby resting nest where you're putting your hand on the chest and making contact with that baby and slowing down and making eye contact and taking that breath in. And so we teach some of the mindfulness of how to, I call it calm, relax, and connect with the child. So we do that for the older children. We do that for the younger children. So it's always the parallel process. Any, anytime we work with children, right, you know, it's always the bottom up, right? And I just, I mean, I'm not quite sure if you knew, but I have a, another book out, just came out this month, actually, called Healing Child and Family Trauma Through Expressive and Play Therapies. And in the, this book, I have two chapters on first play, one for the older children child and one for the infants 
And the, the infant model in that one was a, a group of uh, mothers that I was working with at a residential a drug and alcohol treatment center where they were had their babies with them. And I went in and I worked with the, the mothers teaching them how to provide good caring touch um, to, you know, while they were in recovery and treatment because they had their babies with them all the, all the time. And um, so that was pretty profound, you know, looking, you know, I, I kind of wrap that chapter around looking at the concerns of the opiate crisis that we're going through now and just ways that we can intervene with this model with the different populations of concern. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I have to ask um, with being in Florida and mentioning infant massage, um, have you been involved with Tiffany Field? In well, any way. I, well, you can't talk about touch without talking about Tiffany Field. That's and right. So and my, you're even in Florida. So like, <laughs> gosh, I wonder if they were, I mean, I know Florida is a long state, but uh, I didn't know if you were able to collaborate. Or Well, I, I was very lucky um, in the beginning stages of my work of, of, you know, wanting to learn more about working with infants. Uh, she has a two-day training. And so I signed up for her two-day training, and I was able to go down there. And when I found my way finally to her office, now I have to tell this story. <laughs> when I got there, I'm thinking, oh, there's going to be a few other people there and this and that. When I walked in the door, um, basically what I learned is I was the only participant <laughs> oh. for this training. And I, and I will have to say, you, you, if you're the only participant, you cannot fall asleep and <laughs> <laughs> in a training. <laughs> but what was so beautiful and what was so exciting about that and thrilling for me is that um, basically she's doing a lot of research, especially with the preemie babies. Yeah. And I will say that first play infant play therapy is used in a program in Palm Beach County um, called um, the, the teacup preemie program. Um, but, but anyway, I was able to go down to the NICU unit and I um, was taught and had permission to be able to massage the babies, put my hand in the incubator, and learn how they're actually massaging those little peanuts. Oh, they're so sweet. I have to say, I was so, so nervous to be able to do that with this little, little teeny baby. But I understood. And, and to take my hand and touch something so fragile and so, you know, just coming to life, you know, just, it, it just, I felt like I was touching the universe. I mean, I, I, I that's all I can say about it is it was just something so spiritual, really, to, to be able to do that. So I was so honored and, and, and to be able to have that experience. And I'm, I'm just thankful to, to Tiffany to, to be able to have that she's giving those trainees honestly, I don't know if she's still doing that. But I was just happy to, to be able to be part of that. And that moment. So I, I took in as much as I could yes. <laughs> during that time. Mm -hmm. Yes, Cer certainly many advantages to being the only one having her <laughs> all yourself. So, and so if someone is, so you, you've differentiated a bit about the, the older children and the therapeutic stories and how you have the assessment with the children that kind of pulls from their strengths and if somebody was looking at the birth to age two and they said, well, how is this different than 
infant massage. Wait a minute. Is this, is this play therapy or is this infant massage or is this some combo or what is this? How would you, how would you answer that? Well, that's a really good story because it's so funny because you're right. Some people say, well, what's the difference between this and therapy? And then other people say, well, what's the difference between this and infant massage? <laughs> and so, you know, basically the way I answered that is I have created the first play model for first play infant play therapy as a play therapy model, as a therapeutic model. Because normally with infant massage, even though we know it's therapeutic, the people that are providing and teaching it aren't necessarily um, mental health professionals. Okay, yeah. So right. I wanted to say, you know, I'm a play therapist. I'm trained in, you know, I was trained in developmental play therapy. So I created, um, I in the infant model, we learn both. We learn, uh, you know, the infant massage through a story, through a metaphoric story called the baby tree hug. So that's very different from infant massage, you know, in itself. Uh -huh. So it's, so it's, you know, and I spent a lot of time understanding what really are we looking at in terms of Ericksonian based foundations for creating stories. So I've created a, you know, a story called the baby tree hug. And then in addition to that, they're also learning first play or developmental play infant, you know, birth through infant type of developmental games that we teach the parent how to do. And what are we doing? We're teaching the parent how to be, you know, sensitive to that child, the picking up the cues of that child. We're facilitating attunement. And there's several ways that we're facilitating attunement. We borrow from, you know, different, um, some of the infant mental health. And that's the other thing is, you know, I'm straddled two worlds of the infant mental health literature and, you know, being part of the infant mental health zero to three and the, the the world association for infant mental health and being part of their association so you know kind of diving in and that's where the the book infant play therapy foundations models programs and practice comes into play you know and you know looking at the understanding of infant play therapy and infant mental health and and, you know, from a higher perspective, not just for first play, but how do we look at it from all the different modalities out there and people that are taking play therapy models and adapting them to the infant um, populations? Because we do know that play therapy originally, I mean, traditionally started with, you know, three ages, three or four and up for you know how we learn to do play therapy with children and and because of the neuroscience and how it has exploded over the years and how we understand and we're learning from Alan Shore and Dan Daniel Siegel and and you know Vander Kolk, I mean, all these amazing people that are really teaching us and understanding really what is happening in the brain. So now that we have that understanding, then we're, and we're understanding, oh my goodness, the birth of three years old is so important. But here we are as play therapists. So how do we take our play therapy models and then adapt them to the infant? models. So this is kind of the work and where we are in this kind of new field in some ways, you know. Right. Um, so this is, I don't know if I answered your question, but it's really creating as an infant mental health model slash infant play therapy model, because infant mental health is the, the, 
the umbrella, uh, you know, you know, like child mental health is the top umbrella. And then there's mm -hmm. all the different modalities that are underneath child mental health. Then we have infant mental health. And there's so many different models that are available to us under that. But it's trying to, um, you know, what I tried to do and conceptualize, especially in my first chapter of infant play therapy, is really looking at what does that mean for the field of play therapy? What is working with infants? We have to look at it differently because we can't take our traditional model of, you know, the parent comes to the, the play therapy room or office and then we pick up the baby and then we walk in the office and say, okay, I'm going to be with your baby for a while. And by the way, you know, what happens in the session is confidential between me and your baby mm -hmm. <laughs> while the parents in the waiting room. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we have yeah. to say, no, 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 no. They have to be relational. But yes. Least, yes. Yeah. So yes. we have to look at it from that point of view. Yes. Well, this has been a really wonderful opportunity to hear about your work. And um, before we wrap up, I want to make sure people know where to find you, where they could get first play therapy, um, first play training, um, and all of that. Should they go to your website or what? And uh, what? Where, where can they find it? everything they ever wanted to know about first play and more. Oh, you're so sweet. Thank you, Karen. Well, I think the first step, you could go to my website, which is www.firstplaytherapy.com. So that probably would be a good spot, you know, kind of springboard to go. And if you're on Facebook, you can welcome. I have a first play yes. and infant play therapy uh, group where we try to just share anything, infant mental health and infant play therapy and infant, anything babies are all about Wonderful. it. Good. Yes. Well, thank you so much for your time and for sharing about your wonderful work. Thank you so much, Karen. I am so honored to be part of your podcast and I am just really appreciate and thank you so much to the listeners out there for, um, you know, being available. And if you do have any questions, you can certainly contact me and I'm very happy to help answer those. Fabulous. Bye-bye for now. Bye. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Attachment Theory in Action. Please follow our site, tkcchattock.org, or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or Podbean for future podcasts. If you enjoyed our podcast, please leave a review and share with your professional network. For additional resources, training opportunities, and blogs, please log on to tkcchattock.org. We hope you'll join us again as we continue to explore the world of adoption, trauma, and attachment theory.